0: Where does yesterday's future which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future which is about to happen and tomorrow's future which could be just minutes away. Welcome to technology revolution, the future of now. now where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: I never remember whether I said this was the future or this was the past, so I'm just going to do this up in the air here. I am especially excited about today's show because I'm speaking to four young leaders. They are remarkable, each one in their own right. We have three young men and one young woman, and they are coming to us courtesy of a young man who's on the panel, Veer Basin. He'll introduce himself in a minute. His father, Navjit, was on this show a few times last year and said to Veer, why don't you ask Bonnie if you could be on the show? And he did. And I said, Yes. And here we are. So you're in for a real treat. We're talking to our global audience. Panel, I haven't done my opening monologue yet, and I haven't introduced you, but just wave hello to LinkedIn. Everybody wave hi. There you go. Nice wave. And wave hello to Facebook. It's a separate, it's a different wave. Come on, you know. Okay, good. Now everybody's been waved at. So let me do my opening. Here we go. So you know, uh, my listeners, my viewers know that I've been using ChatGPT, which is in the news every day in every major newspaper. Are yeah, their lawsuits? Are their liabilities? Is it true? Is it false? Everybody. Everybody's talking about it. and I'm doing a lot of shows about ChatGPT writing novels, creating music, doing art, going to be interesting. So I queried ChatGPT and I said, tell me about young leaders in technology. And it said... With the rapid advancement of technology, student leaders are leveraging technology to communicate, to organize, and to mobilize. That's a key word, their peers and their communities. And it talks about communication, organizing, education, advocacy, collaboration. We're talking about instant messaging, social media, video conferencing, Google Forms, Survey Monkey, Slack. We're talking about online courses and webinars and tutorials, Twitter, Instagram, Google, I'm just reading all the tech here, Google Drive, Zoom, and all kinds of technology and the com- was as technology continues to evolve it will be interesting to see how our young student leaders and we have four wonderful representatives here use it to drive change and create a better future for themselves and their community so we've got some values in there it didn't mention the word i also asked chat gpt for some fictional movie quotes about leadership with a capital l what is it to be a leader and i have a couple of interesting quotes professor john keating played by the late great Robert Williams, the movie Dead Poet Society, 1989. I don't think any of my guests were born then. The quote is, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Do you all like that one? You cannot. I thought that was pretty cool. Harsh, you like that one too? Okay, I'm looking for a nod. Thank you very much. Then we have one from Jason Lyle, played by Channing Tatum. The movie is Coach Carter, 2005. You don't inspire your teammates by showing them how amazing you are, you inspire them by showing them how amazing they are. Well, I like that one. I thought that was pretty cool, meaning get, get over yourself, get out of your way, and make the team feel valuable. And I have one more from Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt, the movie Moneyball, 2011. We're getting more modern here, and even that's 12 years ago. The true test of a leader is not how he, and I'm going to say Claudia, or she, or they, Act when their things are going well, but how they respond when the chips are down. Ooh, we're not talking specifically about that today, but I might ask you how you feel about that. So, I have four remarkable young leaders. Vera Bessin, wave hello. There you are. You're the ringleader here who brought everybody. Thank you very much. We have Claudia Wolf. Hello, Claudia. Wave hi. There she is. And we have Arjun Nargalwala Hello, Arjun. How are you? And we have Harsh Patil. Hello, Harsh. Wave hi. There you are. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of young leaders in technology. Formula for success? Question mark, question mark. What does tech have to do with it? I'm Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. Shout out to all our viewers and listeners around the world. Most of my guests have never been on a live stream, podcast, or radio I'm going to go around the table and have you each introduce yourselves. Remember, there's a three-minute rule. My engineer, Andrew, is not going to cut you off here if you go past three minutes and three seconds, but try to keep it tight. I'm only teasing. We'd love to hear from you. Who are you, Veer Bissin, Welcome, and go ahead.
2: Hi, thank you. thank you for having me on the show in the first place. I really appreciate it. So I'm a 15-year-old junior from St. John's High School in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Uh, my main interests are in sustainability, and I like to focus in the business side of things, and I enjoy sustainability, environmental, and renewable energy. In the past, I've also um, I've done a lot in um, finance and business and the stock market as well. I spent my time researching stocks. In the past, I've also competed in stock market competitions, such as one through the Stevens Institute of Technology, where I recently placed seventh place out of 390 high school students, and I just qualified to head down there for an in-person stock market game. I've also competed nationally in DECA, which is a international business plan competition, which I did with Harsh and Arjun, where we placed seventh in the world last year, and we're hoping to do the to this again this year. I've also complete, competed in the war, in multiple ward and school business stock market games last year, this year, and hopefully next year as well. I've also competed through um, an economic challenge at Harvard, the HPEC, and all these investment challenges We're through through the club at my school, which I feel is a really good way to get involved. And in my free time, I like to spend my time golfing and playing tennis and skiing as well. My goal one day is to go into business and entrepreneurship with a side in sustainability.
1: Veer, I have a question for you. Now, remember, I told you this is not an interview, but I really have to know, and I think our viewers and listeners have to know, and the rest of you are warned. What do you have for breakfast, and how many hours do you sleep every night? You're you're doing the you're doing a life that that three adults couldn't pack into their day, and you're doing it at your young age. Is there something magical that you do? Is there something magical your parents told you that makes you so competitive and successful? That's the key. Veer just quickly. What do you have for breakfast? Uh,
2: I mean, most of the time I I just don't have breakfast. I don't have time. Usually, I just wake up, go straight to school. Or just a bagel and a glass of milk.
1: You broke pretty, all the rules. Important. What kind of bagel? Everything. <gasps> I knew I liked you. I knew you don't have New York bagels there, do you?
2: No.
1: Okay. I'm a yeah. New Yorker. Our, our everything bagels are something to something to talk about. So yeah. well, I did a TV show called Something to Talk About. Okay. Thank you. Very, very impressive. By the way, seven's my lucky number. So I wish on you, everything you do, you should be number seven in any kind of competition or a lower number after that. Okay. So there you go. And congratulations to you and your teammates. Let's move on. Claudia Wolf, you're up next. Talk to us. Who is the real Claudia Wolf? Welcome. Thank you so much for having us on the
3: show, Bonnie, and thank you, Vera, for bringing us all in. My name is Claudia. I'm a recent graduate of Boston University's high school. I'm from the greater Boston area, and I also grew up in the Caribbean. And in the fall, I'll be attending Cornell University's ILR school, so I'll be studying pre-law. I'm very excited for that. Some of my passions are women's empowerment. So last spring, I completed my senior thesis um, in coordination with the FBI and Royal Thai Police for combating cyber sex um, trafficking in Southeast Asia. And I've done other various projects in that area, um, usually relating to menstrual health and helping female refugees uh, with the United Nations. And in my free time, I like to do things like dance and tutor kids in the community. And that's
1: who I am. Claudia, seriously, (laughs) do you
3: sleep? Do you sleep at all? I I sleep plenty. Don't stress about me.
1: How do you do all of that? Your worldview is very interesting. That you're you're tutoring, that you're thinking about women around the world and different types of female health, uh, very very impressive. And what do you have for breakfast? Come on, shock me.
3: I actually work in a restaurant right now, so usually I take home the extra food. So I had French toast for breakfast. So it was great. I had a great day.
1: Wait a minute. You do all of that and you work too? Yes. Ser- <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I've done a lot. In my, I'm on my seventh career, but I feel like I'm a slacker compared to you and Veer so far. This is very embarrassing. I'm I'm admiring you. I really am. Let's move on. Harsh Patel, welcome. Let's hear who you are. Yeah,
4: thank you for having me on the show. And um, so I am 18 years old. I go to St. John's High School with Veer and Arjun. Uh, just some things I'm interested in are uh, CS and finance, which I'm going into for college majors. I haven't decided where I'm going yet. Uh, That's to be determined. Some things I do at school, like Veer said, I did DECA. We did place seventh in the world uh, uh, in our uh, respective category. I also do, I'm on our school's robotics team, which has made states every single year and made worlds once. And on that robotics team, I'm very interested in in CADing, which is computer aided design. Basically, what I do is on a laptop, I will 3D design a model, which we can use for our robot. And I think what's really interesting about this that I'm drawn to is that you can take any idea in your head put out, make it physical. Uh, anything. Another thing I'm interested in is machine learning and AI. I'm currently taking a course taught by Stanford professor online uh, about machine learning and AI. So uh, I've created some projects based on that. I'm very interested in business. And in my free time, I like to play various sports, uh, basketball, soccer, um, and I like to play chess. So I've been getting on the chess. And I think it's grown pretty popular lately too. Uh, I do like math a lot. I th- I find math is like one of my talents, so I do I do find joy in that, which is why my interests are drawn towards technology. Right, lots of m- applied math there. Um, that's pretty much me.
1: Thank you, Harsh. Is AI good or good or not so good? Bad or just? We're not going to get into a whole discussion, but just a quick overview. Do you like things like Chat GPT? Do you trust them?
4: Uh, yeah, I do. I do. There's lots of implications, but. Absolutely.
1: How many hours a night do you sleep? I'm being fair here around the table. Go ahead.
4: Um, like it's like like I, I go like five to six a
1: night. I I'm with you on that. Anything for breakfast? We're taking menus around here. Claudia, we're getting the breakfast menu. Go ahead. Harsh, what do you what do you eat for breakfast?
4: Uh, like Vera, I usually don't. Like I, I get up, go to school. And if I do, it's probably just cereal.
1: What kind of cereal? Come on.
4: I'm a big Rice Krispies guy, so
1: Snap, crackle, and pop, my (laughs) guy. Very, very good. The theme music for one of my radio shows was a song on a uh, on a royalty free website, a music library, and the name of the song was Snap, Crackle, and Pop. But it wasn't wasn't from the series. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. By the way, I was on the competitive math team when I was in. We used to call it junior high school. You all call it middle school now. But I was a competitive math uh, person, and we had so many people good in math in my school that they wanted to give a math award at graduation. And they put us all in the cafeteria. There were twenty six of us and they had us take this really hard test to see who the top five or ten were. And I made it into that level and I got one of the math awards. But competitive math was where you went to another high school it was high school. Went to another I think it was high school. Went to another high school and you sat down in a room with a proctor and a timer and they put up a, a you know what it says, Arjun. They put a, a problem in front of you and you had X number of minutes to solve it and then you handed it in. And our team did pretty well, but I loved math. I was I really, really enjoyed that. I'm glad you do too. Arjun, you've been so patient. It's your turn, you're up. Tell us who you are and welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show
0: and thank you Veer for inviting us. Uh, I'm also a senior at St. John's High School with Harsh and Veer. Um, I'm broadly interested in technology, uh, business and mathematics and I plan to pursue a combination of these fields in college actually at the University of Pennsylvania's management and technology program next year where I'll be studying computer science and finance. I'm an active member of my high school community. I serve as the president of our investment club, our economics team, our entrepreneurship club, our DECA chapter, our computer science team, our artificial intelligence club, and I'm also a first team member of our mathematics team uh, and a member of the tennis team as well. Uh, So like yourself, I I was a, a member of my math team and I actually qualified to be a Massachusetts Math League finalist this year. Um, and I've I've competed in all the competitions Veer talked about and the ones Harsh talked about as well. Um, outside of school, I serve as the CEO of a nonpro uh, of a nonprofit focused on advancing global financial literacy called Kids Capital. We've had over 5,000 students around the world, and we work in 17 countries. Uh, and I'm also a co-founder at SideRul Technologies, which is an algae-based biofuel technology startup. We currently just got valued at 2.6 million dollars and are currently going through Series A funding. Um I additionally engage in technical research focused around AlphaZero's protein modeling uh, uh deep learning models at uh, Harvard University and I served as an innovation fellow at the Commonwealth of Nations. I'm also broadly interested in international finance, uh, specifically applications of blockchain in emerging markets as well as developments in AI and nuclear fusion and in my free time I love just spending time with my friends and playing sports.
1: You have free time? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You have free time? I, I, I lost count at how many things you're the president and CEO of Arjun. My goodness. Do you sleep? Come on. There's what an hour, two hours, twenty minutes a night? Do you get any sleep?
0: Four to, four to five. I think I'm four oh, to five.
1: Okay, we're getting down there on the number there. And breakfast? What do you have for breakfast? I never eat breakfast. <laughs> Three, uh, Claudia's eating leftover French toast from the restaurant. Oh, Well, she's eating fresh French toast. She brings out, and the three of you don't eat breakfast. Interesting. You're breaking all the rules because there's still a rule that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It gets your, your body started. It gets your brain started. It gets you sets you up for the day, blah, 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 and you don't. Isn't that interesting? I think uh, the three, well, Claudia, you can do this too. I think you need to contact the, <laughs> one of the, the big nutrition agencies in, in this country and tell them that you're changing the rules because your success is... Almost overwhelming, the four of you together are a powerful, powerful block of brains and of commitment and of thought leadership. You're the future of thought leadership because you all think about things and you're doing so much. I I think the show's over. I'm sorry. I know Andrew. We have how many? We have another forty minutes to. I'm so impressed. I could just sit and listen to what all of you were doing, but we are talking about young leaders and technology. So I'm going to keep on going. You know that. So here we go. This is a part of the show where I've asked each of you to pick a fictional movie or TV character quote or a song lyric, and talk about in your own words what it has to do with what we're talking about today. So I'm going to read a little. Background on the quote, and I'm going to ask you to spend two or three minutes telling us what it means to you. Veer Bassin has picked a quote from Sirius Black, played by Gary Oldman, the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, 2005 fantasy film. Um, let's see, Sirius Black is a character in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, first briefly mentioned in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone as a wizard who lets Hagrid. A who lent Hagrid a flying motorbike shortly after Laura Voldemort killed James and Lily Potter. We'll stop right there. Blah, blah, blah. And let's see what else. Uh, The movie follows Harry's fourth year at Hogwarts as he is chosen by the Goblins of Fire to compete in the Triwizard Tournament. Here's the quote Veer has selected. If you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. That's heavy. Veer, what does this have to do with leadership in tech? Go ahead.
2: Um, so I feel like in leadership lots of times leaders they might see themselves as above other people and I feel like to be a successful leader that's what you should not be doing because you've got to treat as much as you got to treat the people you're working with like your clients for example your friends your coworkers, you got also treat the other people everyone else the same that you treat everyone otherwise there's always gonna be people who are against you and they're not going to be helping you and so I come from a Sikh background which is uh, one of the main focuses is selfless service and I feel like in not just that, but it's also on equalizing like the field, making everyone as an equal. So I feel like by treating everyone with respect, whether or not you like them, it'll more often than not, it's gonna benefit you in that, in the future as opposed to not benefiting you. Say if you're like say when you're climbing the ladder to get to the top, instead of stepping on the hands of people, you're helping people come up. Which I feel like that's gonna be, that's overall gonna help your success.
1: Thank you. That goes to a couple of the opening movie quotes I read at the beginning of the show. You're absolutely right. Let people know how amazing they are. Show the way. Don't push the way. Absolutely. And I can only say to you, Veer, those words from your lips, from the character's lips to you know where, if only the world would understand that. Thank you very much, that's why you're a leader. Claudia Wolf, I'm going to your quote. This is from Sharon, I think I'm pronouncing it right, who is the protagonist played by Trevante Rhodes. The movie is Moonlight, 2016 American coming of age drama film. This is very interesting. It was one of the 21st century's best films, got the Oscar for best picture, best supporting actor for Mahershala Ali who is the first Muslim to win an acting Oscar best adapted screenplay for the screenplay writers it was the first LGBTQ film with an all black cast and the second this is interesting Claudia the second lowest grossing film ever domestically behind The Hurt Locker to win the best picture Oscar So it didn't do well in the box office. And Joy McMillan was the first black woman nominated for an editing Oscar. This movie broke a lot of barriers. It's around Tyrone's childhood, adolescent, and early adult film life. It only made $65 million, and that's not a lot in Hollywood. So here we go. The quote is, at some point, you got to decide for yourself who you're going to be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. Claudia, that's a wow. Tell me, how'd you find this one? Go ahead.
3: I love this movie. I love this quote from this movie. This movie means a lot to me. There's so many elements. I remember the first time watching it, I was just so taken aback by, like you said, it won Best Picture by the cinematography, the storyline, even though I personally can't relate to the storyline. I think there's a little bit in the story that everyone can relate to. And like one of the characters said, you have to decide for yourself who you wanna be. I I think a lot of people go through a personal struggle in life where, especially when they're growing up and like you said, when they're coming of age, they are trying to balance what other people think of them and what they think of themselves and reaching that balance and figuring out for yourself who you wanna be. And a lot of times that relates to what you can do for other people is just so crucially important to how you are gonna go through the world. So I think that's a beautiful quote from an even more beautiful
1: movie. It absolutely is. Thank you. And as you're speaking, I hope you take this as a compliment. You sound like J-Lo to me a little bit. Doesn't she sound a little bit <coughs> like Jennifer Lopez, the way she... Yeah, just 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 a little a little bit of J-Lo in you, which is magical. You're magical on your own, Claudia. But I just had to tell you, I said, wait a minute, J-Lo, on my show, that's interesting. No, it's Claudia Wolf, and that's even better. There you go. Thank you. Very, very thoughtful quote. Let's move on. Harsh Patil, you've picked a quote from The Joker, played by Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight, 2008 superhero film, directed, of course, by Christopher Nolan. Did you know that he wrote the screenplay with his brother, Jonathan? The two of them co-wrote the screenplay. And of course, it's based on the DC comic superhero, Batman, Uh, Vigilante Batman, Police Lieutenant James Gordon, District Attorney Harvey Dent, form an alliance to dismantle organized crime in Gotham. But... They're derailed by the Joker, an anarchistic mastermind who tests how far Batman will go to save the city. What a cast. Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckert, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman frosting on the cake. Here's the quote. Harsh, you got to work with me on this one. This is interesting. He says, introduce a little anarchy, upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. Okay, Harsh, you're up. What, What does this have to do with young leaders? I think I know, but tell us. So
4: I think if you take a step back, look at it in terms of entropy, so entropy is the amount of disorder in a system or the amount of chaos, right? And in any closed system, uh, entropy in terms intends to increase. And so if we think of our world as a system, the chaos is going to increase. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Chaos has a negative connotation around it. Like Joker says, it will create chaos. But as a young leader, you need to be willing to disrupt the norm. You need to be able to think differently right? Because if you keep thinking inside the box, you're never going to get anywhere. And you think outside the box, for example, look at Elon Musk with the EVs, right? He thought outside the box, he went with EVs, very risky, but in the end it worked and now our entire world is switching towards EVs. So I think with this quote, looking at it, you just need to be, you need to be ready to take risks, uh, disrupt the norm. It can be bad, it can be good, but that's the only way you can take a step towards the future.
1: I like that. You're all such deep thinkers, and on no breakfast, this is even more impressive. I'm not going to forget that. Thank you very much. And let's go to Arjun. Arjun has picked a quote from interesting choice, Arjun. Alice Harmon, played by an actress named Chloe Peary. She was the mom of the character, the lead in The Queen's Gambit, which was a 2020 American, also coming of age, Claudia, coming of age, period drama, streaming TV series. It was a miniseries, The Queen's Gambit. Did everybody here watch The Queen's Gambit, by the way? Like, did everybody binge it? I I certainly did. I was absolutely fascinated. Um, it's based on a 1983 novel by Walter Tevis. It refers to The Queen's Gambit is an opening in chess. Several of you are chess players. Let's see now. Um, in the mid-1950s to 1960s, it follows the life of Beth Harmon, played by a fabulous actress, Anya Taylor-Joy, a fictional chess prodigy. On her rise to the top of the chess world while struggling with drug and alcohol dependency, Alice is Beth's deceased mother, and she's only seen in flashbacks and what's interesting is she earned a PhD in math at Cornell Claudia in the in the mo- in the show before a download spiral in her mental health but her mother is one of the keys of her of everything she does and she, we see her a lot so the quote Arjun picked is the strongest person is the person who isn't scared to be alone oh my arjun talked to me
0: yeah, first of all, I think this show was uh, kind of my introduction to chess. I decided to start playing um, in, in, I guess, more seriously after this. I had played with my dad and things before. But uh, as Harsh and Veer know, we have our chess tournament coming up at school and all of us are involved. So, yeah, I think it was a really, really nice starting point. Um, in terms of the quote, I think as somebody that's worked within companies and somebody that's built companies, this is this just rings true. You can't do anything. By yourself. Every single project I've ever worked on, I've involved other people. I need other perspectives. Everybody needs other perspectives in order to come to the right conclusion. So this quote really tells me that within technology, especially technology startups, you need diversity of thought, you need diversity of opinion, you need a lot of different people who have a lot of different tangible skills that can come together and create a vision that you can then advance through whatever the project that you are doing uh, is going to advance. But in order to get there first, you need you need to be uh, ready to involve people and ready to listen to other opinions.
1: Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I appreciate the, the effort, the work the four of you did. Was it hard to pick a movie quote, all of you, or a TV quote? Was this a, a difficult assignment or was it just a lot of fun? Anybody? Was it okay? Okay. I have some, uh, on a lot of my shows, my adult, my adult, my older, shall we say, my older panelists, I would say, oh, God, that's so hard. I don't watch movies. I don't want you. Okay. I'll pick something for you. One of the favorites people like is the quote from Jack Nicholson's character in A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth, which is, that's a catch-all. The other one is um, Jerry Maguire: Show Me the Money. That's another one. And one is uh, Ross from Friends, and they're trying to get a couch up the stairs. And he says, pivot, 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 pivot. That's another quote that applies to almost anything. Thank you all. I really appreciate your quotes. Hadn't heard those before. We're going to move into the segment of the show where we get to the predictions, which is what this is all about. Veer Bessin, I've picked prediction number one. I put it in the chat for you privately. I'm going to read a little bit. And here's the way it's going to work. I'm going to ask Veer to expand his prediction, tell us a little bit more for about three minutes. And if Claudia, Arjun, or Harsh have anything to add, just wiggle one of your polite fingers. You got four nice fingers on each hand. Okay. You got eight fingers. Wiggle a finger at me on the screen and I will see you and I will call on you. Try to keep your remarks to one to two minutes and then I will be moving on. Claudia, I'll pick up prediction for you and put it in the chat for you before it's your turn and we'll go around the table and see what we can cover. We have lots of time. Okay, Veer, here's the prediction number one. You say the biggest formula for young leaders to succeed and thrive, and I, I might ask you to explain the difference between succeed and thrive, will be derived from curiosity curiosity, which drives us all. I'm going to stop there. Curiosity is the key word. Veer, tell us more, please.
2: Well, for me personally, since I was young, I've always been interested in the way things work and how, how stuff happens. I mean, I've just, I've been really curious about the world in general. And I believe, excuse me, I believe that's one of them. Sorry.
1: That's okay. Take your time. Good water. (laughs) See, you didn't have breakfast. Go ahead.
2: Uh, I believe curiosity is the one reason, it's one of the main reasons that's shaped me into the person that I am today. And while I do believe, while it is a part of who I am, it's not my nature, I believe that it can also be taught and that with hard work, it can be achieved through people. And I feel like for young leaders to be able to succeed and succeed and thrive, those are two different words in my opinion. Succeed is just getting to your goal, but thriving is really like pushing through your goal and being able to like be and a healthy relationship with whatever you're working towards, and so I believe that curiosity can really push us to that world. Because in all great like technology stuff like that, um, let's go to Elon Musk. Like Harsh said, for example, he was he's been very curious about the way things work, about changing the changing the status quo. And so I feel like with this curiosity, you can't um, with this curiosity, it's a lot about making a change in the world and being like, why can't you do it this way instead of that way. And so I think that's a big thing that young leaders have to learn to do or work at.
1: Thank you very much. I do a show on Monday nights called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And just for your information, creators are not just artists and photographers and singers and dancers and designers. They're everybody, doctors, lawyers, architects, teachers, musicians, artists, novelists, a lot of novelists, a lot of horror genre novelists, which is interesting. And I asked my panelists on that, it's a roundtable, and I asked my panelists what what creativity means to them, as far as I'm concerned. We're all creating our life, right, Veer, right, Harsh, right, Arjun, right, Claudia? And you you didn't have a handbook that said, okay, you'll do this and this year and that. Well, at least most of us didn't grow up with a handbook from somebody telling us what to do. We're figuring it out, right? We're improving our life. And one of my guests, a lot of my guests on Monday night talk about curiosity. That's where creativity comes from. And that's what drives how people design their life. So thank you very much. Does anybody besides me have anything to say about that? Claudia, Harsh, Arjun, anything about curiosity? No. Arjun, I bet you do. To be on that many, come on, to be president of that many organizations, there must have been a day in your life, Arjun, where you looked and said, you know, that group looks interesting to me. I think I'll join it. Yeah, I think they need a good leader. I think I'll apply for president or I'll run. Arjun, just give me 30 seconds. Come on. I'm putting pressure on you because I know you can take it. Go ahead.
0: Sure. I, I think Veer nailed it. I think that curiosity is really a way that a lot of people figure out what they want to do with their lives. And I think that's really how I figured out what I want to do with my lives. From my, uh, from a very young age, I was always interested in cars and engineering. And I think that sort of fueled my passion for learning to problem solve. And as, it, as I... Uh, moved into high school, I think it really evolved into sort of multifaceted problem solving and I applied it to business and I applied it to technology and ultimately combined the two in the end, but I think it was curiosity that was the kind of pillar that drove all of my
1: decision-making in high school. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. thought so. I thought so. Anybody else? I'm not going to put pressure on anybody else. No? Okay. We're going to move on. Claudia, I've picked, and thank you, Veer, for the starting, cre- starting very, very creative uh, prediction for getting this part of the segment show. Go- so, let's go to Claudia. Claudia, I'm looking at prediction number two, and you're talking about starting your own business as a prediction for where young leaders were gonna go. And you say young leaders will be encouraged to start and manage their own businesses on their path to financial independence. Not only have small teen owned businesses been opened successfully across the country, but young adults have further access to financial advice. I think your colleagues here know that and are participating in a wider cultural shift. Claudia, expand this please, very interesting.
3: I think it will be really interesting after I offer my thoughts to hear what Arjun has to say about this, given what we just learned about him earlier. But um, I think there's been a cultural shift in the expectations for young leaders managing their own finances. A lot longer ago, there was the expectations that your parents took care of you financially until you were ready to stand on your own feet often um, until you were in your later teens early 20s. And that's just not the expectation that there is now today. It seems like it's a lot harder to stand up on your own financially. So kids are being, and I mean, kids are being taught uh, from a younger age to stand up on their own financially. And a lot of times you can see this manifesting in young people starting their own businesses. Uh, and especially this is a great thing because so many people get the opportunity to pursue their passion through a business. So not only do they get to spend a lot of time putting up their passion and their interest, but they can turn it into um, a financial device. So, I mean, it could be something as simple as selling beauty supplies or helping other students and charging for tutoring, things like that. But not only is this a great source of income, uh, anything that can help, but it also can teach you so much about running your own business at a young age. And since Arjun has taken things um, to a much greater scale. I'm really curious what he has to say about that. But I think this can teach a lot of students um, from a young age on how to start on your own and how to make it uh, when you're in the bigger leagues.
1: Thank you. And Before I bring Arjun, I'm going to bring you and I'm going to get Viren Harsh to come in as well. But Claudia, what business would you start?
3: I Actually, I'm not that interested in making money. I mean, you have to make money to, to survive at all. But ultimately, I just want to run a women's nonprofit that helps um, women in developing countries uh, with any female empowerment type of issues. So not necessarily a business to start, but... That's that's just what I want to do with my life.
1: So an organization. That's a that's a big topic. That's a big outreach, because a lot of people need that kind of attention and support and encouragement, right, Claudia? That's that's a big task. I'm very proud of you. Arjun, you've been summoned by Ms. Wolf. What do you think?
0: I think it's a really important problem. So The Global Financial Literacy Center found that 66% of people worldwide are financially illiterate, and even in the United States, half of all adults are financially illiterate, which is a huge problem. Because essentially what you're doing is you're blocking a path towards their version of the American dream. Everybody wants to do something in life. Everybody has a passion, and it may take them 20, 30 years to figure it out, but they all have a direction that they want to go in life. And often, finances are the biggest block towards that. If it's, if it's art, if it's music, something, it's really tough to make it in those industries. But a lot of people have a really, really deep passion for that. Learning financial literacy and understanding how to manage money from a young age can alleviate 95% of those problems. If I understand in high school that there's a lot of focus on STEM and there's a lot of focus on humanities and learning that. But often the thing that's... L- Most neglected is personal financial literacy. Nobody's taught how to balance a checkbook. Nobody's taught how to open accounts. And it's a really, really big issue because people struggle to learn this early on in life. They don't know that, you know, even something as simple as a 30-20 budget split is is not not taught in high schools today. So, yeah, uh, like Claudia said, and actually sort of tying into it is I started a business to try and help that and solve that problem. And the way that we approached that was by running after-school programs at local middle schools and local high schools uh, to give students just a four-week introduction to these problems. And as we expanded and tried to address the problem further, we used legislation to pass financial literacy mandates in Florida, and we're working on doing the same thing in Massachusetts and in Michigan. And finally, the last way we, uh, I guess, tying into the, the nature of this podcast, we're using ed- education technology. Essentially, what we found out is that Business, economics, and finance are something that you can integrate into pretty much every subject. So if you think about mathematics, accounting is just a business-oriented version of mathematics. Marketing is an English and rhetoric-focused version of of marketing. And if you think about economics, you can tie that into history 10 times out of 10. So you're able to integrate some projects from... um, from each of these different subjects into just regular common core curriculum. And you're able to expand financial literacy that way. So, yeah.
1: I have to tell you, you're preaching to the choir. I'm going to be starting a new podcast called Financial Literacy for Kids in the next month or two with a group of people, professionals from around the world who have curriculum. I will introduce you to them if you'd like, Arjun. Uh, There is a tax attorney on Long Island who I've known for years, and she created a character. It's a great big, like a squeezy toy called Walt the Vault, and she teaches that. I have a young woman who has uh, taught. She's an artist. She's a dancer. She's a creator who is uh, helping with that. We have uh, somebody from the technical side. We've got a a man who teaches... um, the Four Pillars, I think it's the Four Bears of Financial Literacy, and he has published several books on the topic. And they've, they were on, I think you'll get a kick out of this, on October 28th, I had four of these wonderful people on this show, Technology Revolution. We had 8,000 listens in a week. That breaks a record for this show. And then I put them on again a few weeks ago, and we're getting thousands of impressions on that topic on the LinkedIn video on demand and live so you're preaching there. i would like to introduce you to some of these people i if you if you'd like to i know you're busy and i know we might want to have time for you to have a bagel in the morning so we'll we're going to get you to break together for breakfast with Veer. thank you very much claudia great great topic let me move to harsh harsh i'm looking at your prediction number four i put it in the chat for you Social media. This is interesting. You say, as a content creator, a young leader will leverage their own unique abilities to separate them from everyone else. They'll have to grasp and ensure privacy and data protection. That's a tough one. Unique abilities need to be perfected over time. And then you give the warning, the caveat, one hacker is all it takes to ruin a creator's career. So we've got the good and the uh uh-oh, oops in there. Harsh, talk to me about your prediction, then we'll see what everybody else has to say. Go ahead.
4: So with social media i think there's two things uh so there is a you can be the creator or and there's like the behind the scenes right so as a creator obviously you can succeed by like following trends and building like a strong personal brand for yourself and just having unique ideas and that's all separate by person to succeed in the actual industry but the behind the scenes is that a lot of social media uh there's so many hackers out there that that just try to ruin different social cuz once you become an influencer you have targets on your back right you have supporters you always ha- also have haters so one hacker can ruin your entire career and i think that's why you need to preach um cybersecurity uh, and uh, privacy data protection all that because without uh and this is this is a huge thing to succeed in the social media industry in the future so if leaders going into cybersecurity uh it act, in in general the world is just moving towards more digital everything right we have more digital cars more digital, digital, like we don't use notebooks as much anymore. I just, when you look towards the future, we're going digital. And cybersecurity is going to be the biggest part of that, especially in social media. And one of the, if not the main problem with social media is that you can be hacked. And if a young leader is looking to research cybersecurity, they will succeed in that industry. That's what I'm basically trying to get to.
1: Thank you. Very, very interesting. Could you focus a little bit more on the uniqueness of content creation, Harsh? I know you have something to say on that, too. I appreciate the warning, but I want to get back to, you say, differentiate yourself. How? What is that? unique voice and what is that in other words should you have three different social media accounts one for harsh the business person one for harsh the the deca leader one for harsh the the student should we have different personas I'm just just asking you uh, because I'm curious about your thoughts on that harsh what do you think
4: so I think it's entirely based on your passion right so if you have a passion for something you will pursue it and it doesn't need to blow up for you to to make it right it might blow up but you you have to be perfectly fine for it not to. And a good way to do this is when you look at your passion, you have to follow the trends, right? You can't be looking at something like 10 years in the past that could be changed now, Uh, but you have to look at the trends. If if there's something trending right now and you you want to succeed in social media, you do that, right? You have to build a strong personal brand for yourself, differentiates you from other people, and you need to network and collaborate with these other people that share that same passion. So when you focus on more quality content, And you can measure you can measure your success based on the viewers, the likes and all that. Mm -hmm. But when you focus on quality content, I think you get more out of it yourself and in general out uh, more uniqueness out to the world uh, rather than just just doing something you don't care about at all.
1: Very interesting. So commitment, relevance, uh, passion. Authenticity, are those some of the words I'm hearing? hearing. Anybody else have a comment? I know several of you put social media into your predictions. Anybody else wanna comment on being your unique self just quickly? Claudia, go ahead.
3: Uh, I think what Harsh brought up is such an important point, especially in our generation, social media. I mean, we're on a form of media right now, but social media has become such an important tool not only is it a great space for, like Harsh was saying, you to put yourself out there, but also it's a great space for you to find other people in a certain community or to connect with other information, things like that. And even now we're seeing young people use certain media platforms like TikTok, for example, as like search engines, which is ridiculous that this is how our generation works now. And I think it's such a cool tool that um, students are being able to use uh, social media to, find their own communities like that. Um, so I think it's really important and can be overlooked.
1: Find your own community. Veer, go ahead.
2: Uh, I mean, so I don't know if you're going to use this prediction of mine. So one of mine was about the voice of sustainability. And so that is something I'm very interested in. I feel like sustainability is one of the biggest things in the world. There's a lot of naysayers about it. A lot of people who don't know all the facts or who don't even believe in the facts. And so I feel like one thing, like, Young, especially young people because it's our future that we're looking forward to that we're looking at is that we have to use our voices on social media, for example to like put out the voice of, like oh why you know x and y is bad for the environment what is going on in the world and so just like how Greta Thunberg has done in the past how she's put her voice out there so much is what a lot of young people need to do as well whether it's on like the smallest whether it's like just a small account on tiktok for example or you're tweeting to thousands of people Every little voice from the smallest town the biggest city, everyone has their own voice in social media. We're all given we're all given a playing field that's kind of we don't there's nowhere else in the world that you can have that same equal opportunity on social media.
1: Point well taken. Thank you. And I I thank you for bringing the sustainability up. And I marked it as already commented. Arjun, I have your prediction up next, but comment on this. Arjun, go ahead. Sure.
0: Uh, I might be taking a slightly cynical approach to this, but I think it's also really important for young leaders to understand the information feedback loop that social media gives you. You're going to see a lot of what you think already, and it's going to continue to give it back to you and back to you and back to you again. And oftentimes that, that's not the best thing because it can it can detract from your overall view of what the problem really is. So, for example social media was a big tool used in election rigging or in election uh, interference. And I think it's really important for young leaders to understand that they may not be getting the full picture based on social media. And one tool that I think would be really important for people to develop in the future is a sort of, here's a for you page and here's a general public um sort of here's the top trending things here's here's different viewpoints like getting the view all of the different viewpoints on social media is a really difficult thing to do and if somebody can do that that would be really beneficial for young people around the world because it's it's important for you to develop your own your own opinion and not just be continually i guess manipulated in a way by your social media feed
1: there's another business for you we just got one there synthesizing trending this is you this is other people what do you think a summary very very interesting thank you Harsh. Very, very interesting. Uh, I want to move on to Arjun. I've picked out your prediction number two. It's in the chat for you. The power of data. You say a young leader will learn the power of data, whether through data science or simple data collection. Being familiar with how data can be used to draw conclusions will allow them to understand its transformational power in the world of the future. Whether it's AI models built on massive data sets, and we know ChatGPT is built on a data set, apparently that stopped at 2021 because it says to me, I don't know that I stopped at 2021, or research decisions made based upon On data collection. Data affects everyone and everything around us, and it is vital to understand it. The power of data. Arjun, three minutes, and then we'll go around the table. Go ahead.
0: Sure. So I guess I'll start off by sort of, I'll start with my conclusion. I think data is the world's most important commodity today. I think that the impact of data-driven decision-making in businesses and in technology decisions is, is being seen around the world. People are using all of their consumer data, people are using all of their production data to collate these things into models and it's transforming the way business is done. You no longer need 40 different people and 40 different opinions if you can use data to coalesce and come up with the best opinion right away. It's streamlining, it's efficiency, it's just a really big step in, um, in, in making better decisions really. And I think that the young leader that understands how data operates, how data collection works, how data is used in the business uh, in the business place, and in the development of new products, is going to be much better set up than the rest of their peers. I think that um, you know, for I'll, I'll give an example from my from my own uh, business. Uh, we we build um, algae based biofuel uh, technology modules. So essentially, we connect these to existing infrastructure of energy companies, and we. Uh, recycle water through this uh, algae strain that we developed, and we generate biodiesel. However, what we noticed is because we're a part of this larger energy ecosystem, we can collect energy uh, energy data from essentially every single one of these different ports. And through that, we can create a, create a cloud analysis model, and that would be transformational for our business. And it was. We were able to reduce redundancy in, in uh, manufacturing, reduce uh, redundancy in distribution, and it, and it cut costs for us by something like 25 30%. And that was transformational for us. It was really, really important that we saw where all the flaws were in our business. And I think that data really has the opportunity to transform uh, basically everything we see today.
1: Thank you very much. Data, data, data. Data is the new water. Data is the new oil. Data is the new gold. It's been called everything. Harsh, talk to me.
4: Um, So, yeah, I completely agree with Arjun. And the the thing about data for the future is that it can always be improved, right? Security, speed or um or even accuracy right like like he said he had that cloud-based analysis but uh even with the expanding world of ai ai can take so much data and then give you such an accurate prediction on it just like chat gpt like, it takes all the information it knows and it uh, gives spits out like a response to your question and then there's like edge computing which allows you to process data faster quicker and uh and it will make it more secure so the thing about d- data is that you can always improve on it even though so for the future future leaders need to understand that it's not it's not finished they will they have m- many opportunities to expand on this industry too and Ar- arjun hit the like hit it on the head with how important it is to know about it
1: Thank you. Very very impressive predictions, all of you. I think we have time to squeeze in one more. We've got 10 minutes of airtime left, and I'm going to pick one more that's more to the present uh, advice for future leaders, and this one is reflective of everything that all of you are doing. Veer, I'm picking your prediction number two, school clubs. You say young leaders will learn to compete successfully in the world through active participation in their own schools, activities, and clubs. And you talk about DECA. Many high schools and colleges host a variety of competitions to get students' feet in the door and put themselves out there. Let's talk about that. When will this acknowledgement come? Because I know there are a lot of clubs. I know You Belong and Arja Belongs and Claudia and Harsh. So how do how do we impress how will future young leaders not the four of you but the the group behind you coming up after you how will they understand the value of participation rather than just i come to school i do my homework i go to school i do my homework and that's it so what's your prediction veer
2: um so i mean i think with these school activities and clubs it's There's clubs for nearly everything you want to do, whether I do DECA investment club, I did math team model you want in the past. There's those, there's things like mock trial, there's science, whatever people are interested in, wherever these kids are interested in, there's going to be a club for them. Or if there isn't one, you can always start one, which Arjun and I and Harsh did for last year for DECA, which we didn't have at our school last year. And so by being, by taking advantage of these opportunities, it's a great way to put your foot in the door, but it's also a great way to get experience and see what you do and what you don't like, whether you know your passion, like I do, and that's in, that's in business and like what we do in DECO, or even if you don't know your passion, while you're in high school, it's the best, it's the best like playground per se, to experiment with what you do and don't like and learn the different ways, I mean, the different things you can do in the future and get experience in a ton of different fields in a closed, safe environment.
1: Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Uh, my son, who is a corporate lawyer, uh, general counsel of a big company was involved in uh, debate. He was involved in um, uh, mock mock UN. Uh, he, he did a lot of, a lot of clubs and organizations. And I remember he went to a multi-state. I remember, I think we were living in New York at the time. No, we we're living in Eugene, Oregon. And he went to a, a multi-state debate competition. And I think he play. it was the first time he'd ever done. He placed top one, two or three right away. And he realized, wow, I can talk, I can think, I can synthesize information and present it. It was a learning opportunity for him, not just I want to try it, but look what happened. It was a revelation. My daughter, who is a a physician, she's a GI doctor, um, she was involved with, here's another one for you all, the yearbook, and she was an artist, a very, very promising, she's an artist as well as a doctor, and she became one of the contributors to the yearbook, okay? And the- the uh, the teacher who was in charge of the yearbook realized she had a gift for speaking with other students and he made her gave her the opportunity to meet other students in his office and become like a, a an ombudsman an advocate for other students to come and talk to her this was not expected this was not her path but joining opportunities to excel and to find your strengths i think is very important as formative anybody have any other any other comments claudia go
3: I love what Veer had to say about this, and I think it's even more important when young leaders take it one step further um, and realize that there's so much more that they can take from the world, even outside the community that they're used to. And for example, this yeah. is how Veer and I actually met uh, at a program outside of our schools that we both... I'm I'm not sure about him, but I just kind of stumbled upon. And you can see that young people more and more are being encouraged to take that step outside of their community um, because we have access to things online and you have so much more freedom as a young person nowadays, whether you're gonna take public transportation or you're gonna do things um, virtually, things like that, that you can do so much more with what you have outside of the community. And that can be supported from within your school, from within your local library, or um, the people that you know who can support you within your community. So it's just even one step further that makes that difference. And Veer is so right about starting it up if you don't see what's there. Start so there was like a very lackluster women's empowerment group at my school um, and I completely turned it on its head. And I've seen so many other students do things like that. And even outside their school communities. So,
1: thank you, Claudia, and thank you, Veer, for that. And uh, Claudia, I'm just going to throw in your prediction number four. We only have about four minutes left, and I want to go around the table. But this goes with what you just said. You say collaboration with peers. Here's Claudia's advice. Her prediction. We'll make it prediction rather advice. Young leaders will recognize the value of bringing together their peers' talents, intelligence, and skills. Even if the leader is a B student, they can achieve higher by tapping into a collaborating with A students. And I think it goes the other way, doesn't it, Claudia? If you are, like all of you are, super, super powerful students, but maybe there's somebody who's getting a B in a class and they're curious about what you're doing, Arjun, or what you're doing, Veer. why would you say this is only for the brilliant people? Why would you say this is a closed group, you have to be on 15 different boards of directors by the time you're 12 in order to join my club? Bring people in. Claudia. Quick Comment and then we'll go around the table on this one. I want to get your your take. Go ahead, Claudia.
3: This is something that my dad taught to me actually, and it's become one of the most valuable things that he's ever said to me. And what I mean by the A and B students is that if you're in a math class, for example, and you're getting really great grades, all A's across the boards, um, you're one of the smartest students in the class. And especially as young people, there's a lot of pressure for us to do perfectly well, especially young people who are kids of immigrants. I'm sure we can all relate to that. and then if you're a B student, you're you're doing pretty well for yourself and you understand, but you're not the top. You're not the best student. You're not the smartest in the class. And I remember I felt so down on myself because I wasn't the best, the smartest, all that things. And my dad said to me, um, for all your peers, for all your classmates who are the best in their subject, why don't you make use of them and the talents and skills that they have So let them help you? So I think this is a tactic that a lot of really great leaders have used in the past, where if they're really great with working with people, but not great at the skills themselves or understanding, or they're not the smartest person themselves, they gather the smartest people together to help them figure it out. So they're like Veer is today, the ringleader, and they don't necessarily have to be the smartest person in the room. And that was like one of the most important pieces of advice I've ever been given in my life. So take you it can. To heart.
1: Thank your dad. Very, very well put. Yes, absolutely. I and, and it works in the job world. I was once told that I was too successful in my job. Arjun, you'll get a kick out of this. I was told, stop performing at 110%. Open the door of your office. Bring your team in. Bring them up to closer to 100. Bring your own success rate down to 85% if you have to, but bring them up with you. I was First, I was insulted, and then I felt pensive. And then I felt empowered. And I started working more with the team I had hired all of them. They told me go to a job fair and bring in eight people and you've got a team duh. And I did I'd never never hired in my life. And and we became more of a collaborative team. But you're absolutely right. Just quick comments. We've got Oh, we've got like 30 seconds. You agree with uh, Veer? agree with what Claudia said? Yes or no? Yeah. You Like that? Okay. Argent same thing? Yeah. Yes. And harsh
4: yeah, I just want to add something real quick. Just uh, thirty
1: seconds. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, yeah. And adding with the collaboration with others, um, I think it's it's important to introduce new ideas to each other rather than just uh, saying the same thing over and over again. uh, which is what I think a a good healthy disagreement always helps. You know, it's not that kind of thing.
1: Very well put. Very very well put. Thank you all. You're all as young leaders preparing for the real world. I think some of you were already in the real world of adults and business and competition and success and finance and all that. But uh, I'm Veer, everybody give Veer a round of applause. Veer, you have assembled a panel so extraordinary, so talented, so well spoken, so articulate. I am impressed. And I'm going to predict right now that I'm inviting the four of you back for part two. And Veer, I want you to collaborate with your peers. On, I'm using all the keywords here, Claudia. Collaborate with your peers and pick another topic other than just young leaders in tech. You can focus it on blockchain if you want. You focus on investing. We're not going to give advice to anybody, but think of another topic that I'm inviting you back for the spring if you can make time for me in your busy lives. And I'll even serve a virtual breakfast. Okay, everybody here, I have a quick homework assignment for you. Andrew told me one minute. I want you to raise your finger and you're going to say no, no, no. Come on, raise your hand up. On the count of three, you're going to join me with no, no, no. People say the future was already here. And we say one, two, three. No, no. Come on, Arjun, say it. No, no, no. You can do it. Reason is that the future was already here. No, that was yesterday's future. That was the future 10 minutes ago, 30 seconds ago. The future isn't here yet. And we're all going to do our best to make it a better one. Thank you to Veer. Thank you to Claudia. Thank you to Harsh. Thank you to Arjun. Thank you to Voice America.
0: Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to
2: hear how technology is impacting your future now.